Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. Let us praise the Most High God. He has given us another day in which we can consider His Word and learn to walk in His ways. Our reading today is titled, Better Promises. Hebrews 8, verse 6. He is a mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. The Israelites had been especially charged not to lose sight of the commandments of God, in obedience to which they would find strength and blessing. They had witnessed the proclamation of the law in awful majesty. They had trembled with terror before the mountain, and yet only a few weeks passed before they broke their covenant with God. They bowed down to worship a graven image. What was their agreement? They were going to keep the commandments and God would bless them. They agreed that was the agreement. That was the covenant. Obedience for God taking them on as his people. They could not hope for the favor of God through a covenant which they had broken. And now, seeing their sinfulness, their need of pardon, they were brought to feel their need of the Savior revealed in the Abrahamic covenant and shouted forth, in the sacrificial offerings. Now by faith and love, they were bound to God as their deliverer from the bondage of sin. Now they were prepared to appreciate the blessings of the new covenant. The terms of the old covenant were obey and live. If a man do, he shall even live in them. That's found in Ezekiel 20 verse 11 and Leviticus 18 verse 5. But cursed be he that confirmeth not all the words of this law to do them, as Deuteronomy twenty-seven twenty-six, The new covenant was established upon better promises, the promise of forgiveness of sins and of the grace of God to renew the heart and bring it into harmony with the principles of God's law. That's a wonderful promise. The blessings of the new covenant are grounded purely on mercy in forgiving unrighteousness and sin. All who humble their hearts, confessing their sins, will find mercy and grace and assurance. Has God, in showing mercy to the sinner, ceased to be just? Has he dishonored his holy law, and will he henceforth pass over the violation of it? God is true. He changes not. The conditions of salvation are ever the same. Life, eternal life, is for all who will obey God's law. Under the new covenant, the conditions by which eternal life may be gained are the same as under the old, perfect obedience. But in the new and better covenant, Christ has fulfilled the law for the transgressors of the law. If they receive him by faith as a personal Savior in the better covenant, we are cleansed from sin by the blood of Christ. So, did you catch that, my friends? That just flattened me when I read that. And I did not notice it earlier when I was reading under the new covenant. The conditions by which eternal life are gained are the same as the old perfect obedience. But who did that perfect obedience? Jesus did it for us. He fulfilled it. So we have, if we receive him by faith as a personal savior, we're cleansed from the blood by Christ. But when you follow on in that study, you will find that his indwelling spirit 
gives imputes to you his righteousness and you actually become changed like he was explaining to Nicodemus in that night visit and uh, may the Lord bless the reading of his holy word today praise be to God if you were told by God through a prophet that you would find strength and blessing by doing something would you do it the commandments of God, when obeyed, will do that. They will give us strength and blessing. That's what he told them. But uh, so will eating kale. Um, so I've heard of people who say things like, if I have to eat kale in heaven, I don't want to be there. Or if I have to eat something else, or we have to live a certain way, I don't want to go. But what if we told the truth and said, well, if I have to keep the commandments, I don't want to go. You might as well say, if I have to clean my teeth, I'm not going to eat. It's not fun, especially flossing. Well, if I don't like laundry, so I'm not going to wear clothes. Well, why would we resist obeying God's commandments anyways? Well, why did Israel disobey the agreement they had so recently made in the covenant with God? God's laws are love. Love God, the first four. Love your neighbor, the last six. The specific thing they did while Moses was gone was to build an idol, party, eating, drinking, rising up to play, whatever that means. Uh, well, that's found in Exodus 32, 6. And then I looked and my Bible says that in the Cyclopedic Index of my Bible that it was immoral acts. So they were eating, drinking, and then rose up to have sex. Apparently, they wanted to change God's from a God who commanded them to love their spouse and not commit adultery and to not to kill, which eating and drinking like that shortens your life. They wanted to change to a God whose worship includes those things. So which commandment did they break? Well, number one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Number two, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Number three, thou shalt not commit adultery. Not every Israelite did these things, but the ones who did ruined things for everyone. You know, I used to wonder, why are they always getting involved with the idol worship of the nations around them? And then I realized it was the uh, free sexual immorality, eating, drinking of their neighboring nations that was drawing them. That they, well, I guess that comes down to just um, self-serving, uh, self-serving fulfilling every lust of the flesh, which is by nature what we have since the fall. You know, those seem to be the same areas that people struggle with today, eating, drinking, sexuality. I think that would include any use of mind-altering substances, not just alcohol, wouldn't you think? This breaking of their agreement with God that they keep his commandments, and he would set them apart as a special people to him, which I think just means that uh, he would be in their lives, blessing, teaching, and leading them. But uh, what about us today? What is our part of the new covenant? You know, we're going to cover that tomorrow morning, actually, so I won't go there. But the terms of the old covenant were obey and live. The conditions of salvation are ever the same. Eternal life is for all who will obey God's law. In this covenant, Christ's blood cleanses us from sin and justifies us. 
Which law are we resisting to obeying? There's, well, let's look at them just sort of quickly. Which one do we find resistance to? Is it the first one that said, Thou shalt have no other God before me? Of course, that includes worshiping anything, including my own desire and covetousness, which is what Colossians 3 verse 5 tells us. And um, number two is to have make no idols or worship them. Of course, we can worship food to money and more. Uh, so maybe that's the one we like to break. What about taking God's name in vain, which is saying that we're Christians and living like heathens. So we, we want to say we're Christians, but then we don't want to have to do the work. Or maybe it's the Sabbath rest. We don't want to rest on Sabbath. We have things that we want to do. Not honoring the Creator. We want to do our own thing, honor our own self. So maybe not honoring our parents or all elders. We don't want to honor anybody. We want to honor self. What about thou shalt not kill? That would be to shorten life in any way. Well, maybe we want to do these things to shorten our life. These exciting things, delicious things. Um, what about committing adultery? Or That's all sexual sins. Maybe that's the one we want to break. Or maybe we want to steal from stealing someone's reputation by talking about them behind their back to some kind of fraud that makes us a lot of money. Mm, stealing can fall under many categories. Maybe eating a, a bite of fruit in the grocery store to see if it tastes okay before we buy it. What about, you yeah, have seen people actually, the bulk section where they have the candies, eating that, the candies there. I did that myself once years ago, and then I realized that I told them at the counter and paid for it. <laughs> I realized, whoops, that was a mistake. Okay, what about bearing false witness? That's lying. Or else revealing God in a wrong way. That would be a false witness to who God is in your life. What about coveting? That's uh, never happy with what we have. And when you covet something enough, you make an idol out of it, which is what Colossians 3.5 said. So... You know what? Um, in all of these things, if we want to be a Christian, we want to belong to Jesus, we see the price he paid for us, our heart is grateful to him. Our first step is to find our weak area, write out ways that you can obey and incorporate it into your life. Just um, That's the first step is to think about it and to ask Jesus to give you that victory. His indwelling spirit will change you. Brothers and sisters, God would not ask us to do something that is not for our best good. He would not ask you to not do something that would be good for you. He says not to do something he doesn't want. He doesn't want you to be hurt. As an example, um, I thought I was going to be through, but I'm, I'll share this. Uh, it has been found, and this has been many years since I read about this study, and I don't have any reference to go to to share it with you, but that whenever a woman has sex with a man, that her body begins to be made more like him. And so say a man and woman get married, they the two become one. Well, it actually happens physically in ways that we don't understand. But what about a prostitute? Every time she has sex with a man, her body begins to try to go a different direction until she becomes absolutely kind of crazy. God didn't say don't commit adultery because he was going to cheat you out of some fun. Or like fun is the thing that we have to live for. And then that becomes an idol. I don't even know how to say that. But it's just not for our best good. 
We can have happiness being faithful to a husband. We can have lots of happiness. Choose the right man, for one thing. And I've made that mistake myself. He can make all things easy and pour out a blessing on you to boot and give you joy. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you, Lord, that you are able to make all the changes in our lives possible, that you have made better promises. They were not promises that we made. They were promises that you made. And you are able to bring us into your image and bring us happiness and joy and obedience and finding that peace there just in resting in you. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for those who are here with me today. I don't know what their hurts are, their sufferings, where their weaknesses lie. Lord, you do. And I'm going to pray for them that whoever they are, wherever they live, that you're going to make yourself manifest in their lives today exactly where they need it. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, my brothers and sisters, may God bless the reading of his word today. And may it go forth today and edify many. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's see you in the morning.